that's enough dj hey everybody uh want to preface this episode it was impromptu right after the world cup final and if you guys want to hear my rant it goes on for about 12 minutes until we have some listeners on twitter spaces uh hopping on that's around the 12 13 minute mark so just want to preface that while you guys listen to this episode of cantina mx football podcast you guys are the best part of this we love interacting with the fans we love you guys' opinions and thoughts and that's why we always encourage everybody to uh, follow us on twitter and uh you get notified when we go live on twitter spaces and um as we wrap up this world cup and this year just want to thank you guys personally for an incredible incredible year uh we had a lot of milestones here on the cut dynamics football podcast a lot of hours put into this uh but we would be nothing without you guys uh, so we appreciate all our listeners we appreciate the support the followers the the memes and and we love it when you guys have something to say. We love it when you guys play devil's advocate. We love having that discourse. So here's to another incredible year in 2023. And we hope that in this holiday season, you guys have, have fun, be safe, don't drink and drive. And with that, enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Para salir en todas las fotos. Oh, ahí va Montiel. Ahí va Montiel. Foto, historia. Que Dios lo acompañe. Ahí va Montiel con la ilusión de todos los argentinos. Contra Loris. Gonzalo Montiel. Va Montiel. Montiel va. kick off a impromptu Sunday it's not even afternoon yet Sunday afternoon Argentina is unfortunately the champion of this fucking bullshit World Cup sorry I'm very emotional right now and if you're on Twitter spaces or live on YouTube chat with the Cantina MX handle just uh add us man but obviously this is off the cuff obviously a controversial World Cup final controversial World Cup from before even the first match, but in penalty shootouts, Argentina wins, and it goes down to execution. You had a French team that was absolutely dead in that first half of regular time, 
Um, a controversial penalty call against Dembele gives Argentina the opportunity to get a really early 1-0 lead, which ended up changing the entire dynamic of the match. Then you had Di Maria score the second one, and all of a sudden it just felt like this game was over, that France was dead. And in almost a premature uh, method, you had Deschamps take out two players and, and immediately change his tactics right before halftime. I mean, it wasn't even 45 minutes yet. And in the second half, it just felt more of the same. I can, um, uh, France was making a lot of elementary mistakes, like messing up a throw-in, just messing up the passing. And I want to say for the for the 70 minutes of that final, it just felt like it was it was over. All the all the Argentina fans and I was watching the game on Telemundo. Andres Cantor, everybody was was counting their chickens. They were they were ready. They were ready to celebrate. But all of a sudden, uh, in the dying minutes of the match, with ten minutes to go, you get Mbappe scoring off of a free uh, off of a penalty kick, and then with another brilliant one time finish volley, he ties it up two two, and and the entire momentum shifted. The the stadium, the crowd silent and it felt like the defending champions had 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 found their champion dna it, it looked like uh, the things were were going in their favor and a few things right before the end of of regular time you had a, a two breakaways and people like sleep on this stuff but i i noticed this i'm very meticulous when it comes to these refereeing decisions but you had two breakaways and both times the referee blew the whistle did not allow for the advantage because Argentina were caught with their pants down twice in that in in the uh, regular time towards the end of the ninety minutes, there was two plays where the French player had you know Argentina had put all the bodies up front, and and France they they took the ball and boom slide tackle foul slide tackle foul both times the the play could have went on and it could have been you know they could have been caught with their pants down referee decides to call those fouls and just a lot of things that were kind of controversial. Um, refereeing what bothers me the most is the referee did not go to VAR on any of the PKs which this is a World Cup final we waited four years to get to this point you disputed over 64 games when it comes to like the final itself you hate to have the referee be the topic of conversation you want to talk about a great final you want to talk about an entertaining final yes it was but it's hard not to ignore some of the calls that the referee decided to make you go to overtime, and Argentina scores yet again. And it was very confusing. A lot of co conflicting emotions there, even from Andres Cantor, who thought the play didn't count. It looked like there might have been offsides. In the end, it was a legitimate goal. Uh, Messi scores it. Uh, the ball was clearly over the line. And at that point, it was, it was uh, Argentina. And, of course, French never gave up that championship DNA, that experience. And and they, they tied the game up yet again, drew a foul inside the box, and Mbappe, just a cold heart, cold heart, man. This dude's a fucking amazing player, and he puts the ball in the back of the net for the second time and forces the game into penalty shootout. But uh, again, right before the, the end of, of overtime, France had a very clear chance to finally put this away and put the game to bed. And I think, like, the striker just kind of... I think he just rushed it a little bit too 
too much. He had a he had a one on one chance with the goalie. The goalie had an amazing save. I'm not, I'm not going to discredit the goalie's incredible save that ended up costing you know France the the final. If I'm being completely honest, I mean that that ball should have been in the back of the net. He had so much time. He could have put it away. He could have passed it. He could have done a lot of things. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you you force the game into penalties, and <laughs> I'm not going to complain about the penalty shootout. I think it was uh, at that point. It's a coin flip. It, it goes t- to anyone. At that point, no tactics, no nothing. It's just you either put them away, or you don't. Some players can can live up to those moments. Some players can't. Obviously, France not having the best memories with P- PKs. They they lost the 2006 final against Italy in PKs. They they lost their best player, you know, Zidane in 2006 in that final against Italy. And and you know, like the French people were a little bit wary going into that penalty shootout. And the massive balls for Mbappe going first and, and showing the leadership and showing why he is, you know, France's best player. And putting away his third penalty of the day. I mean, mathematically, the odds are against you <laughs> to take three PKs in one game and to put them all in the back of the net. That's massive, massive balls for Mbappe. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's about executing your, your, penalty, sh- your penalty shots. And I don't know if the French players just were a little bit too nervous a little bit shaky, and obviously you you have to give credit to the the goalkeeper Martinez with those mind games, and honestly, almost like unsportsmanship uh, with one of the penalties. He he held the ball and then he kicked it, and he kind of like iced the kicker a little bit, kind of getting into that mental head game. Because when it comes to penalty shootouts, it's all mental. It's it's all mental. They all have the physical capacity to put these in the back of the net, and but there's mind games. The re- the goalie always plays a, a part in those. And, and Martinez did it. And Yodis was just a little bit too timid. I think he should have fucked with those Argentinian players. Um, but in the end, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Argentina won the match. And and they won their third final. Uh, Messi finally gets the the missing trophy from his, from his trophy cabinet, the World Cup. And I think he can put all those arguments to rest of, like, who is uh, the best player in, in, this, in this time. As of right now, it's Messi. Mbappe obviously showing that... He's going to carry the torch. But it almost felt, in a sense, that FIFA wanted to build, like, this entire World Cup around Messi and Ronaldo, and and they wanted them to have deep runs. And, like, let's not talk about how Argentina, in almost every match except, like, the Mexico match, all for two matches, they were gifted a, a penalty in every single fucking game. So there's a little bit of that where it's like, you know, I don't know how much that had an influence on, on what ended up happening. But it's in FIFA's best interest to have a player like Messi finish his career and, and win a World Cup and, and kind of be like the the spokesmanship, kind of be like the, 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 the poster boy for FIFA for the next, like, you know, 30 years as far as being an ambassador to the sport. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, the World Cup trophy goes to South America. It had been been dominated by Europe for such a long time, and now it's back in in South America. And um, you know, I know what this means for the country of Argentina. Good for them. Uh, the way they they love the sport, the way they follow it, the way they they live it. It's it's a passion that's kind of hard to to replicate any in any other part of the world. You know, you talk about Mexico. Obviously, I'm Mexican. Obviously, there are our, our podcast is revolves around the, the Mexican national team and Liga Mekis. 
and I'll be honest, like we feel it. We feel the passion. We, we definitely have that sort of emotion towards the, the sport, but I do think that it's at another level in Argentina and, and you notice it, you feel it. And, uh, like I said, you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due in the end. I was, uh, I enjoyed it. It was, it was an entertaining final. Probably the best final I've seen in my lifetime. And, you know, the dramatic motion, the, 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 the way it all played out in the end was, was dramatic. I think my favorite part of, of this final was obviously the last 10 minutes, you know, a team that was absolutely dead, had no business <laughs> still being in the match in France somehow found they reached deep and they, they found a way to, to get in. <clears throat> and I wonder, you know, will Mbappe have another opportunity at a World Cup trophy? <laughs> and, I, and I don't know, man. I really don't know. You know how hard it is to repeat finals just to get back to a World Cup final after winning one? Practically impossible. So for France to do it back to back, very impressive. And I think that this was this might be Mbappe's last opportunity at, at winning a World Cup. I'm being dead serious. You know, you don't know what another four years will do. There's a lot of players on that French team that probably won't be around for the next one. Obviously, they have so much squad, they have so much depth, they have a lot of young players, they have a young young talent. Mbappe will be still in his twenties for their next World Cup. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but Let's be honest, how likely are they to repeat another World Cup final? It's just, this isn't like the 60s and 70s, you know. It's a very competitive uh, game. It's obviously been globalized. We saw that this World Cup. We've seen a lot of upsets. We saw Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. We saw, you know, Morocco have a deep run. You have these surprising results. You had Germany and Belgium obviously crashing out of this one. And the next one's going to have 48 teams. And the next one is probably going to have um, powerhouses like Italy who have been biding their time. You know, you have Italy who uh, have, have they've had to sit on the last two World Cups. The next World Cup is going to be very difficult for this French team to, to make it to another final. I think Mbappe might have missed out on, on a second trophy. Um, who knows, who knows what the future has in store for the French team. Uh, I applaud them for, for giving their hearts out today, but those penalties, man, you got to be ready that you got to be mentally prepared for them. You have to expect them. You have to practice them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the best team won Argentina. Like I said, basically just had a, their entire final gift wrap for them starting from the group stage all the way up to, to now. And I think the part that hurts me as a, as a Mexican is the fact that we had Argentina out of the World Cup, man. They had lost to Saudi Arabia. We had them by the fucking balls. If we would have tied or beat Argentina in the group stage, none of this would have fucking happened. But, of course, our coach is from Argentina, and he, he, he served us up on a silver platter, and, and the rest is history. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. We have some listeners on Twitter Spaces. Ricardo, feel free to hop on. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think this settles the debate. Messi, Ronaldo. Obviously, Messi having that World Cup trophy, that's going to be 
the bragging rights for for the rest of their their lives and the rest of their career. Uh, I don't like these sort of comparisons to the the players of the past, like Maradona and and Pele. I think what Messi has done, obviously, at, in his club career, is going to be hard to replicate by any player. Um, and him winning the World Cup, like, yeah, you know, I think he's he's a great player, probably the best of his generation with with Ronaldo. But let's not get carried away here. Talk to me, Ricardo. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> How we How's doing? How's it going? Doing good, good man. man. Good, good, good. Uh, man, I was watching this game, and I was sick to my stomach from beginning to end. <laughs> Disgusting, man. Give, like you said, gift-wrapped, predetermined, Everyone knew what was going on, and if what, but what really just made my guts just turn was Cantor, the Bice, the man. He's oh, he's Argentine and everything, and I get it. I would probably be doing the same thing, but it was just unbearable to listen to. Yeah, and then it's like the, it's like you don't really have a choice because you try to put it on Fox, you're like, I want to blow my brains out, like exactly, man. <laughs> Both choices are just terrible to listen to. Right? Like, if you want to die by being burned alive or or by drowning, like, <clears throat> both are bad. And, but, and you know what? Uh, the My favorite part of the game was when Argentina was up 2-0 uh, with 10 minutes to spare, and then you had the penalty kick, and then you had the Mbappe, like, uh, within, what, two, three minutes of that, it scores again. And you just felt the soul getting sucked out of Cantor and everybody on the on the on that on that broadcast, they were just oh, like that was lovely, man. That, that was, was the best lovely. part of the game. That was the best part of the game. Like, yes, it's happening. For sure. But I, I wanted to say, Jaime, I gave that that first PK that Messi got, every, everyone that soft. is in Argentine, soft, non existent, fake penalty. But what I but what what really had me surprised, I was watching it over here at my brother's house. And that right after France came back, they tied it up. Like, in the, I forget it was the 83rd or 84th minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, that big that big midfielder, that I don't know how to put something with a T. Tushamani? I think he they, they gave him a yellow card. But, man, that was a clear penalty for France, man. That, the game should have... Oh, are you talking about the dive? That. Oh no, that that wasn't a dive, man. He got hit in the foot. Oh, you're talking about Turam then? Yeah, Turam. He he had that foul inside the box, and yeah. I mean, it it wasn't like a dive, but as soon as he felt contact, he just boom, like a like a sack of potatoes. He fell inside the box, and I think that's why the referee like gave him a yellow because there was contact. Don't get me wrong, there was. That guy yeah. was scared to to do to call to call another penalty. Yeah, before the, the before you hopped on, I from. was saying how like how disappointing it was that they didn't go to VAR for any of these PKs, and it's like, dude, it's the World Cup final, man. Like, even if you have somebody like whispering in your ear or telling you like, like you as a referee need to f- secure that decision. Now that you have the tools, because I mean, VAR wasn't around uh, in other World Cup past, but now it's like, dude, you have to like verify this shit. You can't just like go off of the whatever they're yelling in your ear. Just, like, verify these penalties, bro. Look at them on the replay and see if it actually was or was not. Because that Dembele PK was not one, dude. That shit was fucking soft. That was a soft-ass call. 
Yeah, for sure. Like like you said, the VAR, like VAR, like a, a couple of podcasts back or a while back, you said like VAR really hasn't changed anything. They just made the game even worse. And I used to differ with you about that. But man, it's true. Like VAR, if they're not even using it right, so what's the point of having it? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like if you are going to implement this into your into the game that's been around for a long time, uh, you know, a- and then you reject it. It's like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> what's the point of all this, man? And then they'll go to VAR for like the stupidest shit, you know. But it's like, dude, like the calls that matter the most, the ones that get you know end up end up changing history. Like that's those are the ones. And another thing I mentioned earlier was like uh, right before the end of regular time, there was two fouls. Like Argentina was pushing numbers up. And, you know, France took got the possession and they were ready to break loose and, and hit him with the counterattack. And then they get slide tackle and the referee doesn't let the play go on because it looked like they still had possession of the ball. The referee blows the whistle and then they have to, like, reset the play. And that allowed Argentina to, like, get back on defense. That happened twice before the end of regular yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just let the play go on. And then if it doesn't work out, then call the foul. But don't just blow the whistle. Like, dude, you caught them with their pants down. They were, this was France's strategy. Like, Mbappe was going to kill him on the counter. And damn, bro, it's just like little things like that that people don't notice or they kind of let slide. Like, no, dude, they make a difference in this match. Definitely. The, but I, wa- I wanted to say, mention something else, Jaime. Uh, I wanted to bring in the, the Mexico factor in this because I think oh, this does. Bro. This does affect Mexico in a way Argentina winning because maybe I'm looking too much into this and call me a cynic, a conspiracy theorist or whatever. But everyone is like Argentina, everyone knows it's a poor country. So the players, they they produce, they got to have that extra bit of skill or grit to to like pass, to get to where they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. And I think also the, like, throughout the history of Liga and Max, man, and even Mexican football, they it's full of art, these Argentine guys, and them winning another World Cup <laughs> is just more publicity for them, man. It really is if you think about it. <clears throat> They're already arrogant bastards. Don't give them another, you know, don't give another one to fucking brag even more, dude. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, at the end of the day, this is France's fault because they did have that last play of the match. Um, I forgot the striker's name. Had that one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And he just, like, fucking rushed it, bro. Like, he had all the time in the world to put that away. He shoots it right at the goalkeeper. I'm like, bro, you could have passed it. You could have fainted. You could have done something. This dude, like, rushed it. And, dude, that would have been it. That would have been game over right there. It would have been – and everybody fucking knew that. That would have been game over, dude. Yeah. But, again, this all – like, there's, like, the memes with, like, the small domino and then, like, the large domino. Like, Argentina winning the World Cup, but then you go all the way to the beginning. And I think all the way to the beginning goes to Mexico and, and Tata Martino, bro. Fucking handing, oh, that, yeah. handing that game on to them in a silver platter. Not having the balls to go toe-to-toe with them. Not having the balls to be aggressive. And, you know, Luis Chavez obviously talked about, like, I didn't understand the game plan. I didn't understand what Tata was trying to have us do. You know, putting us in a formation we had never practiced before. It's like, dude, like, obviously there was, like that foul play there like it's kind of yeah. it, you know it's 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 controversial we, having a coach that's not from your country and then their country's in the world cup and it's like come on bro this it just hasn't worked out for mexico with with these argentine guys it hasn't and i don't know why we keep like 
slobbing their knob, like, oh, you know, having them, please, please, like, give us advice. Please, you know, enlighten us yeah. with your tactics. It's like, dude, fuck that, all that shit, bro. We need to start, like, looking within and, and starting to give give the opportunity to, to our own. For sure. Uh, we have people on YouTube chat. Jose said, if Mako would have actually played Argentina uh, against Argentina, I think this would have been different. And uh, Josue also said, Tata won the World Cup for Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tweeted on the Cantina account, like, you know, him going to the locker room celebrating with the with Argentinian players and stuff. At the, uh, at if, the if end of the day, Tata won, dude. Like, he got paid out fat for coaching Mexico. He helps his country win a World Cup. And, and everyone hates him, right? Everyone's talking shit to him in Mexico. And this dude's probably celebrating right now. He's probably smiling. Oh yeah, he's taking all that cash back to to what's this club, the Knowles? Yeah. Oh, they're gonna have a good time over there. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to prepare for all the cringe shit that I'm gonna see in the next couple of days on Twitter. You know, you have those like Argentina fans that put like tattoo the entire like starting lineup or the, f- <laughs> the- <laughs> You know, like you've seen those tattoos, bro. They're so cringe, bro. Have you have you seen the one with the guy that's been tattooing all the the group stage matches? Yeah, the results all- he, he tattooed oh, man, all the results. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that I think when River won the Copa Libertadores, he tattooed the QR code or the YouTube link of them winning it, and then somebody like flagged that video for like, um, you know, copyright, and then the link broke, so his his tattoo of a QR code is absolutely meaning meaningless now. But this is the kind of shit we have to deal with, bro. When Argentina wins, <laughs> as far as like <clears throat> looking at this, um, with Messi, like with this, uh, uh, obviously now like the final trophy in his cabinet, you think they're going to call him like the greatest of all time? <coughs> Well, people were saying that even before he won it. Did you see those tweets of those Mexican reporters? They were saying, oh, even if he doesn't win it, he's a, to me, he's already the greatest of all time. Yeah. And if we dissect the numbers, Jaime, this guy's a pecho frio in finals, man. That gift penalty just, just changed, like, the statistics and yeah. the history. But this guy just does If you really break down his performance and – both World Cups that he was finals that he was in, the guy really hasn't been that much of a difference maker. If anything, Di Maria got him that Copa America. <sighs> Di Maria and bro. this final man. I don't know who they end up giving the like game of the or match like man of the match trophy to because it should have been Di Maria. Oh, it was messy. Yeah, yeah it was always gonna be messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Di Maria. Like, I don't know why they took him out so early, bro, but he was the reason why. They got that second goal. He was doing a lot of that. I mean, it, he was exposing that side, bro. And like, like Deschamps made those substitutions. Like, <laughs> he's like, "Fuck it, I gotta, I gotta figure this out." Those guys are really missing that, uh, that guy in Golo Conte. Yeah, and and Pogba. That guy was a. Those two guys were, were real factors in the, that 2018 World Cup. Mm-hmm. And that midfield was a little soft for my liking for France. And obviously, like the um, Ballon d'Or win on Benzema, I think Benzema would have been a nightmare to deal with. Oh, for sure. But 
it's so hard for a, a country to like repeat, you know, it's like, obviously back in the day it was easier, but now in modern football, like for France to even get back to a final after winning it, very impressive. And I don't know where this, where, what the future is for France. Obviously they have a deep squad. They have a lot of, a lot of young players, but I doubt Mbappe is going to return to a final uh, four years from now. Especially considering that they're they're basically allowing everyone to have a participation award in the next one. Forty eight countries, like what what kind of value? What kind of <laughs> what kind of competition are you breeding when you allow forty eight countries to go to the World Cup? You know, it used to be like what sixteen, then it was like twenty four, now thirty two, and then forty eight. It's like at, at one point everyone's gonna be uh, allowed to go to the World Cup, so um, it's gonna be harder. There's gonna be more matches. It's, it's gonna be a lot more complicated for a team to like, especially like France to, to go to another one. We'll see though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I will say it was an entertaining match. Probably the best final I've seen in, in world cup history, but I was complaining probably like an hour into the match. I'm like, this is boring as shit, man. This is going to be the most bullshit final victory ever, you know, and France gave us that shot of adrenaline towards the end. So I, I do commend them for that. Overall, it was an entertaining final. Um, I just, it was uh, looking like it was going to be too all right. Yeah. It looked like it was too all. And I was just like, ah, fuck man. I had, the, I had the Mbappe gift ready to go with him crying. <laughs> like the little like cry celebration. I was so ready to post that. I was like, fuck, I don't have the time to post it. They're losing. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I must've turned off the game like three times and I kept getting notifications. <laughs> That France came back, and I was like, "Damn!" I like, these... but once I found, once I seen that they were going to penalties, I just knew they were going. Argentina was going to win, man. That's their game. Yeah, no, uh, it, it did feel like uh, once you go to a penalty shootout, ugh, dude. And those mind games, bro. We're talking about Martinez, like throwing the ball and and having the player go pick it up and icing him, icing the kicker, dude. That. That was a, a tactic that worked out in his favor, but that was a little bit unsportsmanlike, and I think he, he should have got yellow for that, for doing that. That was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, anyone else on Twitter spaces, feel free to hop in. Let me know what you guys thought of this final. I know we have a lot of uh, messy fans, a lot of bandwagoners. I'm sure all of India is, like, celebrating right now. Or maybe <laughs> maybe half of India. Maybe the other half is, like, still defending Ronaldo, but... I think the debate's finally settled who's, like, the better player. You know, people are going to say, well, Messi won a World Cup, Ronaldo didn't. And, and Jaime, I think the USA in this World Cup got that moniker of being everyone's team, el equipo de todos. Oh. But if you if you look around on social media and everyone, and people that, you, that, that are not Argentine, it feels like Argentina is everyone's team. You got Central Americans wearing Argentina jerseys. Even Mexicans wearing Argentina jerseys, man. It's crazy. Ah, oh, dude. I can't stand it, man. All the Wil Cringe. All the Brian's Wilbers and Kevin's. Those are, the <laughs> those are the same people that like, oh, you know, I you know, I I'm from Peru, but you saw the Argentina, you know. <laughs> Tengo sangre yeah. de, de Alemania, you know. <laughs> it's South American unity, right? Yeah, That's what they say. you know it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, diversity wins, and you're like, not Argentina, bro, not Argentina. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I've 
I understand from a neutral perspective, like, ah, you know, give it to Argentina. Why not? Because they don't really know football like that. Mm-hmm. They don't know how xenophobic that country is and how fucking racist they are. <laughs> yeah. And like, dude, just like the fans, it was unbearable. It was unbearable watching this whole World Cup, like the chants and the the fucking t- shit talking. Ah, oh, dude, I can't stand it. Oh, and, and they were that. The, them knowing that those fake penalties happened and they were favored, they were that as a badge of honor, man. It, oh, it's yeah. very, very disgusting to witness. <sighs> yup, absolutely, man. It's just... uh. And that's part of the game, and that's part of Argentina's culture. And you had uh, FIFA basically punishing Mexico for the for the chance and for the you know whatever they claimed that that was offensive. And meanwhile, they looked the other way with with some other shit. And I I don't like that. Hey man, I said it before. Mexico's held to a standard these other countries aren't held to for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. For the next World Cup, we'll see what happens. Mexico's already in it. They've already qualified. So we have that. Um, met no more Messi, no more Ronaldo, no more, uh, I don't know. Who who else? Ochoa, who knows? He might want to return to another World Cup. I hope he doesn't, though. Yeah, I hope I hope the... Do you know that, um, that movie about uh, that figure skater, that girl that got injured? Oh accident. yeah, that her opponent hit her with a like she like her op- yeah when they were warming up right husband. yeah the husband hit her with like a, her broke her leg with an iron bar oh you talking about that one yeah yeah um, hopefully something like that happens Ochoa but not to that extreme <laughs> I don't want that guy anymore either oh man Johnny Rico welcome to the podcast how are your thoughts how are you feeling you happy you sad you don't care what's up everyone well. I kind of wanted both teams to lose, but especially Argentina. <laughs> especially Argentina. I, I, I tweeted that, um, you know, congratulations on win, winning Copa Corrupción. I like that. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it, you know, from start to finish. And Qatar got awarded to, to the corrupt champion. Yeah, I don't know what there is to gain for like helping a country like Argentina. Is it just because Messi and you know him wanting them wanted him to be like the face of of, of the sport and like I really yeah. I don't know I don't I don't understand the decision because like look he's on his way out why not Mbappe is young man Mbappe is young he's the future of the sport but yeah I, they kind of wanted to give this one's for Messi you know that that was like the well, the Mbappe's vibe yeah Mbappe is young but he's already won it like yeah. Mbappe can just flop the rest of his career and he achieved everything Messi did. That's true. Yeah. Now, you, but you know what I get? Now I get the feeling that how the rest of Liga MX feels towards America. Like, uh, you just hate w- watching that team just win. <laughs> Good point, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a bad feeling. Like I like I just wanted to be done with it. I I, I was at a watch party in San Diego. I just wanted to go home. Like uh, fuck, fuck soccer. <laughs> hey, there was parts of that that final that made me like just re- rethink. Like, do I? Why do I even bother, dude? Like, why do I even bother watching yeah. this shit? Like, 
there was a part of me that was like dead, bro. Like when they were up 2-0 and the game was almost over, I'm like, ah, fuck this sport. Fuck Argentina. Fuck Messi. Fuck FIFA. Fuck this corruption shit. And then, you know, they gave us a little bit something at the end to make it more entertaining. But there was a part of me that was just like contemplating this entire thing, bro. Like, yeah. 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 I was, I was there too. But, uh, something you guys were saying, I think Mexico having Ochoa at the next World Cup, first player in history to go to six. I mean, that's something Mexico can hang the, their hats on. It's nothing to be proud of, though. That means that you haven't been able to spit out a keeper in 20-something years. That's 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 alarming. That's concerning. But I understand it for nah. for, for the history's sake, for the, the milestone. Like, yeah, six is, is pretty cool, but that dude should not be in the next one. Yeah. Six is just like nobody has ever been able to reach six. Um, and 41 really is not that old for a keeper. There's been other 41-year-old keepers at the World Cup, mm -hmm. but even they couldn't get to six. Yeah, and you think about, like, Italy missing out on the last two. I'm pretty sure Buffon would have would have been there um, in, tw yeah. in 2018. And, yeah, I mean, everybody knows Ochoa. Like, the world knows Ochoa. The, the world knows he shows up every four years, and um, I just don't want to see him there. <laughs> I just don't, dude. Like... <laughs> It, it just reminds me of it's just like fuck dude like really we don't have any other like goalkeeper like come on dude like right now he his contract's about to be up with america so who knows where he's gonna end up mls for sure like you know there's there's an off chance he might he ends up in europe but he has that uh that Your european passport now yeah yeah, uh, he could easily. I could see him going back to Europe, especially after this, you know, World Cup performance. But it's very hard to give a like a foreigner a spot uh, in the goalkeeping well, no, position. He, he has, he has that the European passport now. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess yeah, maybe, maybe he could go back to Azio. There was a guy uh, who he'll, like he'll end up, willing to sell his house to pay for his wages. <laughs> No, he'll he'll end up like in Spain or something. I I want him to stay at America. That's that's for sure. Like I wouldn't want anyone else but Ochoa. Really? America. I for feel sure. like he, I feel like he's a different. He's like Heckle and Jai. What is it? Heck, Jai. What's the, the the fucking Jekyll Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah, that's him, bro. Like for Mexico, he shows up, and then for America, he's like Coladera, man. Nah, like nah, he. He was the reason why, while America was struggling with Solari, like we were with with Solari, Solari would win one zero games in the last minute of the game, and that's because Ochoa kept them there the whole time. Yeah, like yeah. He he's been America's saving grace this whole time. Um, from an MLS perspective, he would be a huge draw, and especially now with you know Liam Meckes and and MLS being butt buddies and. You got the League's Cup next year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he doesn't end up in the MLS, especially like in a team like Los Angeles. I just feel like he would be a huge draw there, and uh, he could get like people would go and watch him. Yeah, but that that would probably kiss his sixth World Cup away. Like that's where Chicharito goes to die. That's where Alan Pulido goes to die. That's where Hector Herrera goes to die. Well, the defending in MLS is trash, so he would be very busy. 
It's why he was the best goalkeeper in League One because Azio was just like terrible, and he actually was the goalkeeper that conceded the most goals, but also had the most saves. Yeah. So a shitty defense gives a goalkeeper a lot of opportunity, and I know there's a lot of closet MLS fans that live in LA that support America or support Mexico. And I know, I know that these fuckers would be season ticket holders. They'd start wearing the jersey. They'd start with the, with the chance if Ochoa showed up and and played in the MLS. I just know it. I know there's people out there that 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 will go out and support him. Yeah, from from a marketing stance, Ochoa's the best thing that could happen to MLS right now. Mm. But you know, for for the good of the little bit of career he has left, I don't think that's the move. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I I would be surprised if a team from Europe doesn't pick him up. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, the wages, I'm sure America is paying him very well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the way he came back to to come save America, it probably wasn't cheap for America to bring him back after Marchesin left. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's he's getting probably a nice paycheck from America, so it would take a lot for for MLS to bring him, which I'm sure they're willing to pay. Yeah, well, if he's an exp- on an expiring contract, they don't have to pay a a fee, a transfer fee. They just have to pay his wages. Um, we have Jose Josue on uh, YouTube chat saying, "Who should be Mexico's coach for the next cycle?" Very good question. Uh, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want another foreigner, man. It's got to be Mexican. Well, I mean, I want a Mexican too, but if it's a foreigner, it has to be someone like Turco Mohamed that's practically a Mexican. I don't someone know. If, knows, I don't know if Turco's the answer, though, man. If um, I mean, if Turco can make a shitty team like Tijuana champions, like he he knows how to sacarle provecho to the Mexican talent or the lack of Mexican talent. I think they need to go outside the box. I'm not saying Mexico's Argentina, but their coach, zero coaching experience, zero. His mind hasn't been, like, through the gutter like that. He hasn't been uh, consumed by the Argentine politics and all that. Maybe Mexico needs just a fresh face, someone that hasn't been corrupted, like a, a young guy just to... Something different, man. Like, uh, like an assistante for that someone that is just starting off, you know. Michel Leano. Except that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. All right, this is what Mexico needs. They need a player coach, and what I mean by that is they need a guy who's gonna be like someone that the that the players like look up to and can trust, and still kind of young. And and Tata was not that, bro. He was old. He was old. He was disconnected from Liga Mekis. You, you, you can't have that. You know, I don't like Piojo. I don't like – I don't think he's a good coach, but he is a very good cheerleader, and he does get the best out of the players emotionally and mentally. And I think you need something like that. You need, like, a young young coach. Um, you, you something, like, something like Matias Almeida, bro. Matias Almeida was a really good cheerleader. Very good you cheerleader. Mean, you need someone you like that. Like a- you mean like a Rafa Marquez? Rafa Marquez, I do want him to coach Mexico. Um, I wouldn't do that to him right now, though. I think, like, he still needs to get a little bit more experience. Obviously, he's in Barcelona right now. 
but I do eventually want to see Rafa Marquez coach the but national team. He, he, here's like where, where what I saw the problem being over the last eight years with Osorio and Tata, that these guys come in and they want to play their four three three because that's what they they think is the best tactics, but they have no clue what the strengths and weaknesses of the Mexican player is. Like they don't know that Mexico just doesn't have a good enough striker to be in the middle all by himself. And they they just want to force their ideas with play, with talent that is just not there. So that's that's why I, I say we need someone that knows the strengths and weaknesses of the Mexican players and knows how to minimize the weaknesses, how to maximize the strengths, and that just has been around Mexican players. No, I agree. And, you know, I've been watching the Maestros de la Jugada on to the end, and, you know, obviously they, they have – a lot of a lot of personalities on there, a lot of coaches. And La Volpe just keeps dropping the knowledge and showing that he he's on top of his game. I and he's like the only exception I would make to the rule. I think he would be the only like foreigner that I would allow to coach the national team because I feel like he knows what Mexico needs and he's very good at, at spotting talent and he's not he's not part of like that whole seniority thing. Like he'll give a, a young player a chance. He did it with Andres Guardado and like, you know, he did it with Ochoa. It's like this guy is willing to play the best players that are in form. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a little too old. Um, the the last, last go he had with America, um, his tactics just seemed a little outdated. Um, so I, I don't know how good he'd be. I think... I think back. him and then uh, Jimmy Lozano as assistant would be a really good combination because then you could have that young guy who can, you know, because yeah. La Volpe was like kind of brushing off the fucking the data. You know how like players now wear like the, the bra or whatever, the, the tracking thing that shows how much, you know, kilometers they run a game. And he was just like, that's all fucking bullshit. Like, you know, he doesn't really believe in like the modern uh, you know, science that's involved in, in football. But I think like a, a guy like Jimmy could, could it kind of like help him decipher everything and be like, Hey, no, this, this is something that you should look at. I think that'd be a really good combo. I don't think Jimmy is ready to coach the national team, but I do want him part of the process. Yeah. What, what about the Pachuca coach? <clears throat> There's always the flavor of the month. You always have, Whoever's doing successful in Liga Mekis is always going to be a candidate for the national team. Yeah. And the, the, the I thing don't know. With Pachuca, the thing with Pachuca is, though, they've been a little successful a little over a month. So they've, they've kind of kept their foot on the gas, and they were finally able to cap it off with a championship. No, yeah, I'm not denying Pachuca has been consistent. They've been great. They obviously pump out a lot of players, a lot of young players. You had Luis Chavez was the big revelation of, of the national team in the World Cup. Um, yeah. you, have, you have the Kevin Alvarez of the world. You have you Although, know, Luis Chavez. I've been ex- like I've I've watched Luis Chavez come out of the Tijuana youth system. He he was part of the U twenty when I worked there. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, so he he he's been someone I've been excited to watch the entire time. Wow. Yeah, I honestly like really hadn't kept up with with him. And I don't think he had too much of a showing in, in the process leading up to the World Cup. And he, he proved everybody wrong, and he showed that he was he was up there. Like, yeah. He, um, 
he played, he, he got to learn from people like Cristian Pellerano and Guido Rodriguez. Yeah. Like he, he really got to learn that midfield position very well. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Almada, I, I, you know, maybe. Yeah. The, the problem is like when you start, you know, Oh, it should be a Mexican coach. It's like, well, fuck. Who do we have? We have fucking Nacho Ambriz. We have <laughs> Piojo Herrera. We have Jimmy Lozano. We have, I mean, I mean, the list is just very short, you know. Vucetich. Yeah, Vucetich. Oh God, don't want well, him. I, I seen Almada say recently that he's only looking forward to being the Uruguay coach. <clears throat> And that, I appreciate that honesty and transparency because how much passion and how much can you have for a team that's not, or, you know, a country that's not yours, you know, it's, there's always that, that thing in the back of my mind, like how committed are they to this? Yeah. Hey, but Guido uh, Rodriguez, he's, he's a naturalized Mexican. So Mexican won was part of a world cup team, man. Uh, man, I, I thought you were already suggesting uh, new players for, for Mexico. Like, no, it's a little too late for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that Argentinian player that uh, America has right now? The, the midfielder? Argentine? Um, Midfield? No, we don't. There is we no Argentinian midfielder. You mean the, Sp- the Spaniard? Oh, he's Fidalgo? Spanish? Yeah. Fidalgo, yeah. He's oh, the Spanish. guy that played for uh, Madrid. Uh, the youth system. Castilla. Damn. No, but he all, he also already said that he that he's flattered by the the interest, but he's only he would only represent Spain. I I, I respect that too, man. Damn. Even though uh, it's he, probably not gonna happen. <laughs> he, he yeah he he's young. Give give him another World Cup cycle and realize he'll never play for that. that <laughs> I mean, you got players like Gavi and. Pedri, who are younger than him and were starters in the World Cup, so yeah, yeah. That that I'm, I'm telling you, that guy didn't make his professional debut until he got to America. That's crazy, and it worked out for him. Yeah, kind of. He hasn't won a championship yet, but uh, how how about this one, Diego Coca for from Atlas? Um. Yeah, I mean. I actually, I, I want to say tonight he's playing against his former club. Yeah, I I think he'd be a good coach. The, the thing is, you, you need someone strong enough to deal with the bullshit of the federation. You have to have a coach who's like clean but dirty, willing to roll in the mud with whatever the FMF wants them to do as far as pulling players for marketing reasons, as far as, uh, again, slobbing the knob of, of uh, some and uh, U.S. soccer and MLS, like you have to have a coach who's willing to put up with that bullshit, but also get the sh- get the job done. And yeah. there's not too many that can fit that bill. Th- those would be my top choices: Turco Mohamed and Diego Coca. Like they they are foreigners, but they're they're like Mexican foreigners. They're Mexican enough. Oh, it looks like yesterday they played. I thought it was today. It was uh, Tigres. Uh, versus Atlas, and uh, Tigres ended up winning that match. 
Wait, I haven't kept up with the transfer market. Diego Coca's at Tigres now? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. He left Atlas. He's coaching Tigres. Piojo's gone. He's that's why he's <coughs> he's nominating himself for the for the national team. Yeah. They they say he lost the Atlas locker room by the end of this by the end of the last season. Oh. There was infighting going on. That's why he left. I mean, this dude fucking this guy should be a, a saint for Atlas. Like this dude pulled pull off the miracle of all miracles. You're talking about a, a club that hadn't won anything since TV was still black and white. And uh to give them two titles, he's he's good for life, bro. Atlas is good for life, he's good for life. Yeah. Uh, Josue Matias, with the expansion of the World Cup, does CONCACAF need to be reworked? I don't see Mexico or the U.S. taking the A-team to the Gold Cup. They're going to want to be in Copa America. Uh, Josue, so uh, the Gold Cup is next year, if I'm not mistaken. I know the Nations League is also happening next season. Um, USA already announced that they're doing Copa America. Is That's it official? It official? I don't think it's official. Yeah. I, I thought I heard USA officially announced Copa America. Um, I know them and Canada were already trying to make it happen as far as like just participating in Copa America, but I don't. I haven't heard anything from Comebol just yet. Well, this this was like official from U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah. So, Josue, the Gold Cup will be this or next year in June, and then the Copa America would be in 2024. So, they're, they they don't necessarily have to send a B-side or A-side. They can send their best both times. As far as the Nation League, I think that's the next fixture for the national team. So, that's in March, and Mexico will obviously need to have a coach by then. And right now, it's been very quiet. Which is fine for me. I don't want them to make a rush decision and, and put a coach that, again, happens to be the flavor of the month. Uh, I'm totally okay with them taking their time, but I do think there needs to be some resignations in order as well. You got the fucking egghead dude and, and the other guy. They're just like, they need to go. Who's the egghead dude? The president of Liga Mekis. I forgot his name. John De Luisa? I think so. Oh, no. I wouldn't want him to go just because if he does go, he'll end up back at America. No, it's not him. It's the other guy. Um, fuck. forgot his name. He's got a fat-ass forehead, though. Is, is he the Liga MX president? Yeah. Bonilla? No, it's... Uh, fuck, who is it? Arroya. Miquel. Mikel oh, Arriola. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking egghead. Uh, we have oh, JP. That, oh, that guy's a politician. JP, JP. Welcome to the podcast, JP. How you feeling? Argentina's campeón. What are your thoughts? What are your emotions? Hello? Hello? Well, yeah, no, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. I mean... They were kind of gifted the whole tournament, but I was actually going to comment on, like, Liga MX. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw recently that they called them out. Like, journalists came out in front of the president and all that of, the, of Mexico. What'd they do? So, basically, they they um, 
they let they aired everything out. They had leaked conversations over the phone that people were having fake contracts and then contracts that they showed to the public and that there was a ton of corruption with money. And so that it's going into investigation now. And I was going to ask if you knew about that or if you think that's going to have any effect on how like Liga MX develops in the future or like coaching and stuff like that develops. Um, That's news for me, but it definitely explains the fact that, you know, Mexico hasn't had, um, there's not even rumors of the next Mexican national team coach or like who could be, you know, a candidate. So it does sound like they are probably going to be restructuring everything. And yeah, hopefully more and more stuff starts to leak out. Yeah. And, and this was done in front of the president of Mexico too. So like, I don't know how deep that that's going to run. I'll, I'll probably link it later. I'll probably send it to you guys. It's from linea.mx. But yeah, no, it's it's really cool to finally see that they're getting called out in public and in front of the president. Hey, hey, JP, I seen that. I was gonna bring it up uh, uh, last show, but there was a bunch of other topics going on. But I don't think anything's gonna happen, man. I mean, everyone, everyone knew those problems already. People were just, this time. What was surprising, like you said, is that they brought it out to like the national media to like where the in that little conference the president has, mm-hmm. the, ti- the timing of that was very suspicious. Oh, oh, I see. Like for instance, you 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 usually don't um, see Televisa. I think it, uh, people exaggerate when they say Televisa doesn't criticize America and uh, the the league and things like that. But this time with that show, Los Maestros. You could see that the uh, the the panelists were like pointing like the the issues surrounding Liga MX, and like you said, they brought all that up during that little press conference, and uh, maybe and they were smearing a bunch of teams. I was I was telling Howell this. May uh, I think maybe Televisa is beefing with a, with a, some of the team presidents. Maybe that that's why they came out with all that information. Very interesting. Yeah, hopefully the can of worms gets open and we start to see what's going on. But uh, there just needs to be a change. I mean, that's the the big thing. Mexico obviously failed in this World Cup. And I think, like, maybe they're ashamed. Like, maybe they're like, you know what, maybe we do need to change things around. But obviously there's a lot of corruption and the dollar is what matters, man. Follow the money and it'll explain everything. Exactly. Like, why would they change? Let's say they, they, they have a shit burger and it's made out of shit, <laughs> and Argentina makes a regular burger, and but the but the Mexican shit burger sells just as much or even more than the Argentine burger. Why would they change the sh- their shit burger up, man? Like, why would they switch up their their whole dynamic if it's working? Well, I think. Honestly, maybe it was because of missing out on round of 16 money and, and TV. I think that's probably a big big factor. It's in Mexico's best interest for them to have at least like a fourth game. You know, to, for them to go three and out doesn't really help anybody. And, you know, you have the next World Cup in the United States and Mexico and Canada. So you want you want like the even the casual fans to, to have something to look forward to with the hosts 
and there's going to be a lot of pressure to to have a deep run like they did in 70 and 86. For sure, because like like you mentioned, like they definitely did lose. They definitely did lose some money off not making it past the group stage. And if you think about it, these guys, all these owners, and even the television, the the Televisa and Azteca, they never experienced this up until like what they said the seven the 1970 World Cup. Like a whole always says, oh Mexico's been consistent. Yeah, like consistently mediocre. But yep. they've never yep. been this bad. They've never experienced being this bad. 90 was the last time they, well, you know, obviously they were banned from that World Cup. So it's been it's been a long time since since FMF hasn't gotten that 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 bonus that bonus check. Can you can you guys correct me if I'm wrong? Um did did Mexico not qualify for the next Olympics? Nope, they didn't. So they're they're not going to participate in the LA Olympics. Are they in LA? I I'm pretty sure they're in LA. The next Olympics are here in the states, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, LA's been sending all their homeless to San Diego, <laughs> just just so they can clean up for the Olympics. It says uh, Paris, France. Oh, unless we're talking about winter. No, I also heard that they were trying yeah. to bring the Olympics to the U.S. maybe after Paris. Uh, it says here, L.A. Olympics for... Maybe, maybe the Special Olympics, dog. <laughs> 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 I just Googled it. It said, in Paris, France, from July to August 2024. Uh, okay. Los Angeles will be in 2028. Ah. Uh. Uh, wait, are they doing it every two years now? Um, or maybe no. It's, if it's no, it's it's uh, every four years, two years after the World Cup. So we have World Cup, then two years later Olympics, two years later another World Cup, two years later. Huh? What's the one in Italy then? That's weird. It says Paris, France, August twenty four, uh, August twenty twenty four, and then. Milan in 2026, and then USA 2028, and then Brisbane, Australia, 32. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure Winter Olympics, same year as World Cup. Oh, okay. And then two years later, so the Summer Olympics. Winter, is like, yeah, I, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so then, so the next Winter Olympics in two years could be Paris, and Mexico's not in it. Uh no, the next Winter Olympics is in China, no, I think. No, no, no. Mexico uh, soccer is a summer summer sport. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So yeah, yeah the the young so no, players, man, no. they're not gonna have those opportunities. So we go from gold medal to silver to uh, bronze. bronze medal and to nothing. To, to no nothing. participation, <laughs> and then getting getting trounced in the group stage, and then losing Ch uh, Nations League and Copa de Oro against USA. Yeah, we're at the rock bottom of Mexico f in a long time. I would say we haven't been this bad since like 2013. I would say when like yeah, in recent times, yeah, I would say like uh, us almost yeah. not making it to the World Cup. 
2013 or the are on the corner the what the league's cup oh the league's cup the prestigious league's cup yes yeah the, the libertadores and champions mixed into one <laughs> according to some yeah and you know um a little bit more light has been shed on the league's cup and obviously the mls deal for next year it's all on apple tv plus you're gonna have to pay to watch mls on apple tv nowhere else and uh i believe uh Univision has picked up the League's Cup um, in Spanish, and I think it's just for the the playoffs. So, yeah. If people weren't watching the MLS now, um, it's going to be a lot less in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as long as Univision doesn't send it to that goddamn VIX. Oh, yeah. VIX Plus. That, that shit bugs the hell out of me. That was actually the reason why uh, Univision won't be picking up any MLS matches because they were trying to send those to VIX Plus and, and they didn't want to do that. So in the end, uh, it's just going to be Apple TV if you want to watch MLS matches. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. What if, Ochoa, what if Ochoa joins LAFC, man? That's going to be you. Gonna no, be- like, I, I wouldn't even wake up to see him at a jet show. Um, Club America is my team. That's that's about it. Speaking of Club America, we have uh, another Club America fan on here. Ron, feel free to request to speak if you got anything on your mind. Oh, he just dropped out. He's shy. Yeah, um, I don't know, folks. It was uh, as far as World Cup goes, like I would say this was probably like the best one I've seen in my lifetime. I don't know if you guys agree. Obviously, like putting aside our, our biasness towards Argentina, I think overall it was a really entertaining tournament. A lot of surprises, a lot of upsets. Mm, overall, I, I would rank the Brazil World Cup better. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I, will, I will say the, the final was a little bit melodramatic. You know, it wasn't... It was, like, anticlimactic, the final. In 2014? Yeah, when Argentina lost to Germany. Get- Game ended in a draw, and then extra time. Like it, it nearly replayed itself with with that big miss at the end of the game for that France striker. Not as bad as Iwain. Well, yeah, yeah, but see that 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 World Cup. If you can imagine Tevez coming off the bench instead of uh, Rodrigo Palacio, like his little beef with Messi is what kept Tevez off that team. Carlitos. Yeah. But no, I, overall, I had a lot more fun with the 2014 World Cup. I had a lot more fun with the 98 World Cup. 98 was good. Same, same Johnny. I I also think the Brazil one, I enjoyed the Brazil one. Yeah. And, yeah. and I enjoyed the 98 one, even though I was much younger. But, and, and even the 2002 Korea one, even though it was very early in the morning, what I really didn't like was the was the timing of this World Cup, man? I just could. I'm I'm real busy in this time of year, and yeah. I just needed it to be during the summer. Yeah, it didn't even I, feel like a World Cup. I, I was doing my first set of law school finals during during the the knockout stages. Like this 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 World Cup really just sucks on so many levels, and Mexico's performance is you know among them, but it's not even the the top reason. Yeah, 
I think just because it's fresh in my mind and I think of like a lot of matches that were very entertaining, went to like the final minutes and I, that's why yeah. I, I, and there was a lot of like uh, a lot of goals. Um, I don't know how many goals this world cup ended up being um, 98. There was 171 and I believe that was the record to beat. And I want to say this one got very, very close, especially obviously with today's six goal final. So definitely uh, for me up there, yeah. Obviously, it is a little bit amargo with Mexico crashing out early. I think that's the only thing from like a personal standpoint that uh, did upset me because in the end, what the fuck did Poland do? Poland did a, not a goddamn thing. So it's yep. like you hate to see that. And you also okay. I hate to see Croatia that bent over as well. I would have much rather see Brazil, Argentina in the semis. Those are the only two things I'm like, you know what? That could have been better, but. You know, probably my my favorite non-Mexico World Cup moment was the in 2002, uh, the first match of the of the World Cup, seeing out of nowhere Senegal beat the defending World Cup champions France. Like that, that to me was like one of the most magical moments, and I've I've liked watching Senegal games ever since. Yeah, they were refreshing to see in this World Cup, and. Uh... You think about Ecuador, who Valencia had a great tournament, and suddenly it was, like, cut short, you know, because they kind of shot the bed there. Yeah. But Senegal's coach was part of that 2002 World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. He, he was, yeah. The, yeah. The, the goal was scored by El Haji Diouf, who was teammates, oh, yeah. with, teammates with Jared Borghetti at Bolton. He had those crazy hairstyles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The dreads? No, the bleach. Like, the almost shaved head, but bleached. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> as far as, like, the the biggest deception of the tournament, uh, would you say that's uh, Germany? Uh, could be Germany, yeah. Um, see, I... I don't, I don't think I know enough about England soccer to know if it was a letdown or against France or that's just what they're capable of. If that's just their true level. Like, I, I feel England can do a lot better than quarterfinals, semifinals. You know, I don't know where, uh, you know, if you talk about entitlement, they're definitely another country that has like that entitlement just because they're, they claim they invented the sport and everybody says that the Premier League is the best in the world. I personally think the Premier League is one of the best leagues in the world. Um, and when it comes to like their international uh, performances, though, apart from that World Cup that they won in 66, you know, obviously hosting it like England at the World Cup has not done that well. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if it's we can categorize them as a disappointment or that's just their true level. I think that's their level. I think they overachieved in the 2018 World Cup when they made the semifinals. Yeah, it, it could be. But yeah, definitely Germany would be the. I, I, I still, even though they, the fact that they didn't participate, it makes them the biggest disappointment in Italy. Yeah, Italy, man. That one's a head-scratcher. The Euro winners and not getting into the World Cup for the second consecutive time, that's definitely questionable. Yeah. Yeah, that's because 
Italy are my European team. Like I, I got to go see Mexico against Italy in the '94 World Cup, and ever since then, I've cheered for Mexico and Italy. They got the same flag. Yeah, like I, it, it was such a great match in DC. Uh, goals from uh, the golazo from Marcelino Bernal. Um, but yeah, I've I've been an Italy fan since, and it it you know, sucks that they're not in the World Cup. Ninety four, they had uh, three European teams in that group, right? They did. They had Bulgaria, Italy, and Norway, and Norway. Yeah, and they got Where out. Was that game held at all. All teams tied with four points in that group stage. That was yeah. That one was in DC, and back back in those days, I think a win was still two points. Because they yeah, won, that, they won, and then they tied the other ones. Yeah, there was a, That's a win, crazy. And two, a win and two draws. Back then, it was Italy thought that with the draw they were eliminated, but back then also third places made it out of the group. Oh, was it twenty four teams then? It wasn't thirty two. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm looking like, at England at the World Cup, and like they've only been to uh, like one final, and then a semi. That's it. Yeah, it's that's... crazy because they they always produce good players, but they just can't. They just never happen to be in sync with each other. That's where but the yeah. that's where the club rivalries like you know you had Manks and Scouses and Londoners. You know you had a lot of animosity because those clubs that that hatred runs deep. You know and. Especially Liverpool, Manchester United, you just can't, you just can't get those guys. You can't. Yeah, I've I've heard that um, like the biggest England national team supporters are like bottom of the table fans. You know the the Manchester Uniteds and the Liverpool supporters they won't cheer on for England. Yeah, that makes sense. I also think it's very interesting that it, when it comes to the World uh not the World Cup, the Olympics, it's Great Britain. It's not England. So it's like... So Scotland and Wales don't participate in the Olympics. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. You know, I, you know, I, did, I did hear like a long time ago that FIFA recognized way more countries than the Olympics and the, than the UN. Yeah, so that's that, crazy. That, that's like there's a handful right there that FIFA recognizes that others don't. Especially like Ireland has two national teams. Yeah, yeah. Northern Ireland and Ireland. Another deception for me was Brazil. I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of people had them at least semis and for them to get eliminated quarterfinals. Uh, I, I consider that a failure. You think, Definitely. But, but talent-wise, do, do you really think they were at the at, uh, semifinals? It's not the same Brazils that we grew up on. It was like the Ronaldos, Ronaldinhos, Rivaldos. I think individually they, they do have a lot of talent, but obviously collectively as a group, that's where they sort of don't have that same cohesion as those those squads you mentioned. You talk about like... You know, two thousand two, ninety eight, ninety, ninety four. Like those, those Brazil teams were yeah. fucking impressive, and I think most of them didn't really play in Europe. They were mainly 
in the domestic league. The, you know that that level superstar. I think only you can put Neymar there, but I I can't really pick out other Brazilian superstars from the squad at that level. I think Vinny had a really good World Cup. Yeah, good but not great. Dude's fast, man. Speaking about speed, Mbappe, that guy has like two lungs, man. I don't know how that dude was still like sprinting and looked lively towards the end of the end of the regulation time and and overtime. This dude, man. That, that's that's because France just walked around for forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they were letting Argentina push themselves out. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, that, like I was before before the penalty, I was looking at the way Argentina were playing. Like they can't keep this up past twenty five thirty minutes. But the you know the goal changed everything, yeah. But had there not been a penalty, France would have started to pick up the the pace around the thirtieth minute of the of the first half. Yeah, you're right. Argentina looked very lively in that those first minutes, and a lot of intensity, a lot of energy, and France were just like walking the park. This is a friendly, you know. They were just so so laid back. It was almost yeah. offending. Like, dude, what the fuck? You guys got all the way here. Now you're like not even trying, messing up easy passes and throw-ins. Like, what is happening? Yeah, but, you know, by the same token, Argentina couldn't keep up that pace at towards the end, and that's, that's when Mbappe starts, you know, turning on the – the Afterburners, gas. yeah, man. Yeah. I think he's better than Messi ever was. You know, Messi just has a lot of raw... He's one of those raw talent players that... I don't think he... I don't think his work ethic ever put him ever, ever anywhere near Cristiano Ronaldo's work ethic. Just because he did have that raw... And, I mean, I've... There's there's always those those type of people that they're just naturally good that they don't even try and you get frustrated because you know if they tried they'd be so much better. Like Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho. Yeah, and and who did Messi learn from? Ronnie. When, yeah, when who who did Giovanni dos Santos learn from? Like Messi, Messi, and Giovanni dos Santos were basically Ronaldinho's students and it's such a shame because messi learned like how to play soccer and all geo learned from ronaldinho was how to party <laughs> yeah but again messi was just he was born with that natural talent but he was also pumped up with a bunch of steroids so there's that yeah if uh if you would have given messi cristiano ronaldo's work ethic that guy would have been winning his fourth world cup right now yeah also, like, at the end of the day, like, you can have the talent and the work ethic, and what good is that if you have a shitty-ass supporting cast? And I think for both of those players, especially Ronaldo, they just they don't have the another 10 Ronaldos on the team. As he himself has said that in the past, Ronaldo has said that. He's like, I needed 10 more Cristianos on my team to win something. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I mean... That that is very true of any team sport, but then there's also 
there's also people with the the leadership, like Cristiano Ronaldo led his team to a Euro, like Maradona carried Napoli from from obscurity to winning Serie A, and also leading Argentina in '86. And that's where I think the difference is, right? You have players like Maradona who really did carry the team on his back and really did make those, you know, history-making plays. And he's the reason why Napoli were so successful, Argentina was so successful. You think about Messi, like, I don't know, man. I just don't see it. I don't see him, uh, apart from getting those fucking penalties, like he had a penalty in almost every single game in this tournament, man. It's like, come on. Yeah, that that leadership skill is not there for Messi. And he never he never had his moment. Just like you mentioned with Maradona having that handball, like everyone knows him for that, and that and that run and, and that excellent run he had against England. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Messi, well, well, he has penalties. This, this World Cup, I will like probably my favorite play of the tournament is that through ball that Messi put the the goal against was the it Netherlands. Netherlands. Yeah, that was a good that, pass. That, yeah, that. That kind of like, all right, you you finally showed up for a play. Like that's the type of player you need to be at all times. Yeah, we have uh, Ron on the pod. Ron, how you feeling? I know you had Argentina winning this, so congrats to you. Your mic's on mute, but feel free to speak up whenever you're ready. Ricardo, you had something to say? Oh, I'm on. Sorry about that. Yeah, hey, 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 guys. No, I thought it was a great game. Um. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, hearing you guys talk, um, that, and I, I remember, you know, because I, I, I saw Messi's first World Cup when I was in Germany, and I saw his, his second when I was in South Africa, and I remember in, in, in South Africa, obviously, that was when the whole tiki-taka craze Barcelona thing was, you know, was really at its height, right? Mm-hmm. And and I remember a lot of the, the, the Argentine, you know, fans and, and also reporters one of the things that they used to really, you know, rag on, 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 on Messi being with the Argentinas that they expected Messi to operate the same way that he was operating in, in Barcelona. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and one of the things, and, 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 and that was true even going into the, into the, into the 2014, but one of the, one of the things that I, and I, and I tweeted this, you know, uh, with Scaloni, I mean, he's the first, not even Bellardo and not even Menotti, have the, the honors that he has. And and for me, as, as you know, me growing up in the, in, in, you know, you know, I, I used to really admire, and I still admire a lot of the, the Argentine coaching, especially be you know, the school of Bilardo, the school of Minotti and stuff like that. Right. And how that kind of, you know, went into, into, into Mexican soccer. And it's just, it's, it's, it's weird that like, you know, Scaloni didn't, you know, they, not, 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 they didn't expect much of this guy. And, and Was I he the that, caretaker and then he just became the coach. No, he didn't. He he never had. He didn't have the. the he didn't have a, a manager experience. You know, he didn't have a, a. He didn't have a strong resume to begin with in terms of in terms of even at the club level. Where this fucker you know? come from, man? <laughs> no, he's. I mean, I mean, he was he was part of the what is it the the the, the, the Germany squad and stuff like that. But but for me, I, I think that you know because I guess the expect I don't know maybe the expectations weren't that high of him 
the guy was able to work and stuff like that. And it's like in the past four years, no one's no, and, and I guess maybe because of Barcelona's downfall, but no one is no one was expecting Messi to play or to assume the, the role that he had, you know, with Barcelona during their, their during their heyday. So I mean, when when I look at Argentina like this 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 World Cup you know squad and I compare them to like you know the fourteen, the twenty or sorry the ten and the six, I mean man per man, I think that this is actually one of the weaker teams when when you compare them man per man, but in terms of the collective, I, I thought they I thought they played really well. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, on Wikipedia it but, says but, that uh, Scaloni and Pablo Amair were. Named caretakers after the failure in Russia. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, honestly, this guy, what he's got a, a Copa America, he's got a Copa America runner-up, and then now this World Cup. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if if uh, if I'm if I'm Messi, I I would try to go for the next Copa America, really cement his place, you know, because I mean, I think th I think what it was what he did, you know, last year than this year. I think the debate is, and it's it's funny because that's even trending right now. The debate is over, you know. Nah, I, I, if if I was Messi, I'd retire from football right now. Nah. Just, just, oh wait, he did say. That, well, he said it was his last World Cup, right? He said it's his last World Cup, but keep in mind, he also quit the national team once before. Yeah, you know? he did. So I think I think he has it in him. I think you know, you know, I I don't I, think I, he'll I, be back for another one though, like World I Cup. Read, the, you know, they think the, about the, retiring, retiring with the World Cup in your hand, or just like a tournament in South America that only the um, only that a quarter of the world watches. Uh, you know what? I, winning the Copa America basically opened the floodgates for this for Argentina. That 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 that's that was their you know winning an international title. That that was their their quinto partido for them. You know, he's thirty-five. Uh, Copa America's in two years from now. Uh, I think you know, McAllister, McAllister, his father played with Maradona, right? A couple of days ago, he said, you know, when they were asking him to, you know, to make those comparisons, he says Messi's better. He said at thirty-five, Maradona was a former player. Maradona was doing lines at halftime. <laughs> I mean, personally, I still take Maradona, you know, but I, it's what, like I said, what he's done, you know, the past. What he's done the past, uh, you know, special, you know, like, like I said, last year and then this year, impressive. And um, personally, I think the mistake, I think his mistake would be to go to MLS. I think he needs to stay in Europe. Do you, do you goes, think he'll go to the MLS? I don't think he will. <sighs> you know, there's too many rumors by, you know, by even, even some prominent, you know, journalists that, you know, that, you if, never know. You know this dude still wants to win another Champions League just to fucking if, just to take the shank that he he's just got into Ronaldo and just to twist it a little bit more. I think he's gonna try and just obviate Ronaldo's records now that he has that over him. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? If, remember, if, do you if, remember if, when, you know, when Portugal won? You know when Portugal won the the the, the Euro, Euro in twenty sixteen. It's it, it was almost like the debate is over. Yeah, because. I mean, Portugal doing that, and then the Nations League. It's like mm, that put you know that put you know Ronaldo on top, and now then uh, Messi with the Copa America and now World Cup. Yeah, 
You know, no, like, hey, you know Ronaldo right now. He's like Rocky. He's just fucking. He's ready for the next World Cup. He's like, fuck this, dude. I don't know. I mean, keep. I mean, these guys, these guys eat better. They train better. They have better medicine than than they did back even twenty twenty five years ago. So I mean, that really at this point, thirty five is just a number. I don't think. Ronal- I, 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 I think Ronaldo's gonna, gonna. He's gonna suit up for another one now after this. And I always, I always tend to agree with what Menotti used to say about age. For me, it's not you know young players or older players. It's good players and bad players. You well, know, when you get older, right? You don't have like those advantages anymore as far as like the speed goes, um, or maybe you know, maybe the stamina. But what you do have is the experience and just being able to position yourself better, right? Like I don't, I'm not very impressed with like um, Ambrats and and the other uh, Moroccan player that had like the craziest stats with like running around the pitch and having like. 20 kilometers a game that just means that you just suck at positioning like if you if you know your position well you, you set yourself up for success and i think when, when you when you get older you 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 go into those uh role playing you know like positions on the team and you kind of sit back a little bit more and you set yourself up for these these plays no but with with that moroccan player amrad if he ran that much he's a he's a defensive midfielder that means he was attacking and defending yeah like i've I've seen Guido Rodriguez play live with with Tijuana in America, and that guy he's he's defending with your with the goalkeeper next to him, and then he's attacking right next to the striker. Yeah, that that's how you get your kilometers in when you play that defensive midfield position. No, I get it, but like when you when you get older and the craftsman should show up, you know, it's kind of like uh, Michael Jordan. He talked about it like. When he was when he was younger, he used to beat players with like his strength and his 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 speed. But, but he says when he got older, he he was better with like the craftsmanship and just you know knowing how to close out games. And you know he said that's that's where like the the older age came in and it kind of helped him when he retired and then came back. And uh, I think that I think that's where Messi is right now. You know, you look at that goal he scored against Mexico. He kind of sat back a little bit and and waited for that ball and boom, he puts it away. That's all he needed. What you uh, what did you guys think of Debu? Of who? I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, man. When when the draw came out, you know, a couple months back, and and then you know you saw the reactions, you know, Mexico, and he's like fuzzy, fuzzy. I really wanted to hate that guy, but you know, seeing him how he, you know, he seeing him in Copa, you know, you know, obviously Copa America, but you know, seeing him how he he played uh this World Cup with just you know the goalkeeper. For, yeah, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper for oh. me. That's almost like a, he, the way his attitude is almost like a reincarnation of Maradona, just, just like that that alpha male in the group, you know. That is like dude, I wanted to hate the guy because of what he said, but you know, mad respects to that guy how he played. And I mean that. that, that yeah. you need that, a shithead on the team. You know, you need a shithead. To, to me, to me, that to me, that's just being Argentine. I mean, that that's what we got in that Welles Guzman at Tigres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell, tell, tell yeah. Me that's not it, the same attitude that Will Guzman has. No, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that, Rico, because I, I I had a cousin tell me, you know, when when the final was going to be uh, uh, Argentina in, in in France. Well, obviously, you know, the, the French also have that that uh, that notoriety of being you know arrogant and stuff like that. So he said, "Oh, va a ser un clásico de chocantes." <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we we get to see that with Gignac and Nahuel every weekend, week out. Yeah. 
Yeah. But no, I, I just I thought I thought that was you know what Debo did this World Cup. I thought it was just one of the most in terms of goalkeeping. The guy was just he was on. I mean, my respects to the guy. I mean, that guy had a hell of a World Cup. Goalkeepers need to have that kind of attitude, though. They got to have character. You look at Oliver Kahn, bro. That dude, that guy was a fucking psychopath. And like, you you, you talk about like the historical like goalkeepers of, of all times and. Like the ones that have been my favorites, like Chilavert, you know, people with fucking attitude and fucking yeah. balls, bro. And and um, Buf- Buffon, Buffon from Colombia. Yeah. Buffon never needed that. He he let his his skill do the talking. Yeah, yeah but, no, but, I understand, but, but a, there's also but like also had a hell of a defense around him or in front of him, I should say. Like, uh, was it the German goalkeeper Lemon Lemon? I think he huh? yeah he had he had those sort of like. Um, Mind games, you know. Look at the penalty shootouts and stuff. The and... finger nod. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned uh, what's his name, uh, Oliver Kahn. He actually just read. I read an article a couple of days ago. He, he was talking about uh, the, the, the the depression and how, and basically after the uh, the two thousand uh, the two. World Cup, you know, yeah, how he just fell into a you know serious serious you know depression and how he had to go see a shrink and well, stuff he like shut that. the bed in that final. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just, I thought for me, I thought for me, they're really, you know, seeing, you know, Messi, Messi was not so much his play, you know, he, you know, he had the ball, but basically, which is like, you know, he's always been criticized about being, you know, timid or, you know, and stuff like that, right? For me, for me, I, I take my, uh, I take Messi, and I, I, I take Messi. I take, uh, I really like the Paul. I really like, uh, although he had a bad game against Mexico, uh, I really liked how how the Paul, uh, Divo, and Messi, those guys were just, you know, they were just leaders on the field. Di Maria, bro. He, he played a, an important role, man. He, he had also a great uh, no, but also I was. I really think Di Maria is the most underrated player on that team. I think I think McAllister is. I think I thought I thought his World Cup was phenomenal. His positioning, just I mean, you know, set it for one. Man, that guy was just just he was Johnny on the spot. Man, he was amazing. We have Josue Matias on the YouTube chats. Thanks for for chiming in. He says, if Mexico, uh, sorry, if Messi goes to South America, it would help raise the level for Copa Libertadores. I could see Messi end up in like uh, Argentina again. More than I would see him go to MLS, because he doesn't Boca know. He doesn't know River. English. Boca or River. I don't think he would go to either. I think he might follow Maradona's footsteps to Boca. Is he a, a Rosario fan though? Uh, one of the teams from Rosario. Newells. Yeah. Him yeah, and but... him and Tata Martino are gonna run rules. But Argentines are crazy about Maradona, and I think he, you know they're crazy enough that he might follow. Uh, I'm reading here. Fernando Schwartz tweeted a minute ago. Uh, Messi in parentheses. Uh, no me voy de la selección. Quiero jugar un poco más como campeón del mundo. So you can um, share that tweet in the. Podcast. You just hit the little share button and then you click on the podcast and then we can see it. Shit, hold on a second. 
Because I'm actually with you guys on my phone, but I'm this is on my PC and I'm not. Oh. I, I, I'm just gonna retweet it and you and you get. Um, I can. Retweet I it can on. look it up right now. Yeah. All right, I just retweeted it. Uh. Okay. The good news is there's still plenty of world-class soccer uh, today. We have Copa por Mexico. We have, uh, oh wait, no, it's tomorrow. I apologize. America Toluca tomorrow at five and then Chivas Santos tomorrow at seven. The prestigious right. Copa por Mexico. So, so uh, ESPN FC also tweeted this. He says, I'm not retiring from national team, from the national team. I want to continue playing as a champion. So, all right. So, I guess we have the, the answer. He's not going to retire, which I'm glad he's not, man, because I'd really love to see him. in uh, if, if Copa America, you know, gets moved to the U.S., because uh, a couple of days ago, the Comebol president uh, acknowledged that uh, it's not going to Ecuador after all. Nice. So, so uh, fuck yeah, bro. We got the money. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it goes back to the U.S. I'd love to see it. Uh, I'd love to see <laughs> another 7-1 Chile against Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was about to say, I got bad memories of Copa America in the U.S. <laughs> Didn't you? Wasn't Pern, Fernando, wasn't he there with you at the presser? Yeah, he, he was He was up there in the press box with me in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> I remember the I <laughs> There was, uh, like, my brother-in-law's family. They all bought tickets. They took their entire family to this fucking game. I'm like, dude. Oh <laughs> Imagine your first like soccer game as a kid is that, dude. Yeah, that my my first live soccer game was nine years old. The that World Cup Mexico Italy. Wow. If you're in Mbappe, yeah. how do you feel, man? You score a hat trick in the final, and it's still not enough to get you the trophy and and defend your your tri your title. I mean, it, it sucks today, but I think tomorrow, next week, he, you know, he'll realize he's already a World Cup champion, and he's got still got three more of these to play. Yeah, I for me it's like Mbappe's chance of winning another one. I don't know, dude. Like this was his best chance, honestly. And I don't know, like with the expansion of the uh, the next one, forty eight teams. If I don't think France is gonna be able to like three p and get back to another final, it's just like very tough. Yeah, it's it's always tough, but I mean, if if Croatia can do two two semifinals in a row and they're not that great, I don't see why France can't put themselves in a position. Well, I think like this World Cup, and the reason why it's one of my favorites is you start to see the globalization of the sport, and you're starting to see that there really isn't much between these these teams, man. It used to be a huge gap, and you look at a team like Morocco got to the semis. Obviously, you always have like that surprise country that that has a deep run. You, you saw Korea do it. You saw uh, Turkey do it. You saw uh, who else was 
on a on a surprising you know you've seen these things before but you know you, you look at like germany you look at like italy not even qualifying you're starting to see that you know it's not so cut and dry anymore and any country kind of has that opportunity to oh. to have a deep run and um the they do but i i feel like the quarterfinals are always the same cast of characters with like you said one exception making a deep surprise deep run mm-hmm. like without, without morocco they think of what the quarterfinals would have been it'd be like Portugal. Just, yeah all the top teams that everybody expected Yeah, but now you look at the next one and there's going to be 48 countries and you're going to have yes. countries that were not necessarily in their lifetime had a chance at one and now they do. You look at countries like China, India, what? El Salvador. Is that official though? What's that? Is that official though? Because uh, I thought I thought I read something about how uh, it's not going to be until next year until FIFA um, you know, determines the exact... The, the quantity and the format. I was under the impression that this was official, but who knows? Uh, Maybe they'll change I'll, it. I'll, I'll have to look it up because, because, you know, one of the things, um, you know, they, they, the, the group stages, you know, they were, they were very you know fun to watch and stuff like that. And, and they were, I know that they, they asked the, the FIFA president, some of the FIFA executives about it uh, because, because I, what what they were proposing was with, with the forty plus teams or whatever, how it wasn't going to be you know the groups weren't going to be even. So the, I think it was two days ago where I read that FIFA was, is going to determine that next year as to how how the um, the play or how the the World Cup is going to be formatted and and, and stuff. So I mean I'm hopeful I'm, I'm hopeful I'm hoping that it still stays at thirty two. Um, but um, let, me try to, let me try to look at it right now. What would you guys like to see change in the World Cup? Um, just to throw some ideas out there. How would you guys feel about similar layout to Champions League? It would, it would obviously not be able to be done in a month, but having a, a t- like uh, in the group stage, being able to play two, the team twice in your group, I think I would like to see that. No, then it's not a like a turn. Then it's I don't think it'll be like a real tournament because that that would take six months, right? That take a whole semester. I don't think it could take six months. I think it would take like another month. It would probably be like a sixty day tournament instead of a thirty day tournament. But so for Champions League, you only have a host for the final. Those are like played home and away. That's that's the reason you pay play them twice, is to have home field advantage in one, and then you have to go up against their fans in the next. Yeah. I just, I just feel like I do enjoy the international like soccer, like countries. And, you know, I feel like more and more, it's kind of hard to see the, the cross pollination, you know, now that all these countries are segregated because of the nation's league and you don't really get to see these, these matchups anymore. And um, they're obviously a huge draw. They obviously mean a lot to the fans. And yeah, it would be tough logistically to like have uh, a home and away like type of uh, thing. But I don't know. I just feel like sometimes like we're kind of like, like you might have an off day, like how Argentina did against Saudi Arabia, but then on the return leg, you know, it might be a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I guess I'm I'm an old school purist. I I would want the World Cup to stay at 32 teams, um, but I don't, I don't know if having three host nations for a 32 team World Cup is that feasible. I think if you're gonna have three host nations, you do have to up it more than 32 teams. Even though I wouldn't want it. Yeah, because like, what good is having t- three countries hosted if they're only gonna have a handful of games and. I think originally, like, Mexico was only going to have, like, maybe 10 matches or some bullshit like that. It's like, at that point, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Because if if you keep it at 32, then the rest of CONCACAF is playing for, what, half a ticket to go to the Oceania playoff? That's correct. So I think they do have to expand it to 48. Yeah. So one... They they fucked up by giving it to three host countries, and especially three host countries as huge as yeah. U.S., Mexico, because you can have three host countries that are pretty small in size. Yeah, you, in, you think of like Europe, right? Yeah, where where like you know the the size of California would still be bigger than those three host countries. Yeah, for fans, it's kind of a nightmare. It's like having to go to like Vancouver and then having to go to Mexico city and then having to go to DC. It's like, dude, it's like logistically, it's a nightmare to get if you're trying to follow your, your country or whatever. Um, I know you guys on the podcast mentioned, I think previous episode that you guys don't like the third place match and it's kind of like pointless. Um, obviously Croatia was like, they won it yesterday with against Morocco and they look, you know, they look like they were happy. Um, Hey, Jaime. Yeah. Going back to uh, the format, yeah, I found the article uh, from uh, BBC Sports. Uh, it says, Infantino said, here the, here, the, here the groups of four have been absolutely incredible. Until the last minute of the match, you, you, uh, you would not know who goes through. We have to revisit or at least rediscuss the format. This is something that will certainly be on the agenda in the next meeting. So that's from, that's from the, the FIFA president. Yeah, because I think groups of three just doesn't work out, right? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it stays at you know at at, at thirty two. I really do. I think that that's the you know the the perfect, uh, or at least so, that's right, right now. I think that's the ideal number. The, the from the sounds of that, they're gonna look at how to format the groups, but I still think it's gonna be over thirty two, because again, just the sheer size of the countries, and the spots that they're taking up. Uh-huh. It would probably be. Because, like, the reason they're doing groups of three is because it, it, it works out perfectly for, like, what, 16? 16 groups? Yeah. And then you have two from each group, and it's, like, 32. So, it like, it even, you know, makes sense. But you could do some bullshit where it's, like, 48 countries, groups of four. You have 12 groups. And then you kind of do, like, the whole, like, the third best, you know, the, the third, the, the, the team in third place with the best record. Like I don't know, it would have to. Be, it would be kind of sloppy, but yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure what they're thinking. One thing I would like to see implemented into the World Cup. Um, don't get me wrong. Obviously, today, like the overtime and Argentina scoring and then France scoring and then going to penalties. That's that's nice and all. But I, I might be on the a minority here. But fuck it, dude. Bring back the gold goal, golden goal, man. El, bro. That's cascarita shit, you know? It's like No, that that's gonna create a lot of defensive yeah. two, two teams parking the bus. Yeah, that's 
That's no good. And I'm and I do and I did like the uh, extra time because I mean, you pay for ninety minutes. I want ninety minutes. You know. Yeah, but what's so, the difference? Because you have obviously Morocco and Croatia like tying games and forcing them all the way to PKs. No, but personally, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the of the of the uh, the golden you know goal um, because obviously, you, I mean, like Rico said here, you do change tactics and you do tend to be uh, be a little bit more defensive. You take less risks because. If you fuck up, you're out. You're eliminated. I get that, but I don't know, man. I I I think like that thrill of just knowing it's over with a with a goal, like that's that feeling, dude. That shot of adrenaline, like, dude, crazy. Yeah, no, I I've, I've I experienced that with Club America in 2002. Yeah, the you know we we ended our 13 years. Yeah, we ended our 13 years sequilla with a golden goal, but. Hey, what'd you guys beat? Nekaxa. Oh, was that when they were still owned by the same owner? Yeah. <laughs> but it was not rigged. Adolfo Rios had to make some spectacular saves that went off the post. Nekaxa were trying to hurt us. It's just like that other bullshit final against San Luis. Wait. Which which final? Didn't America beat San Luis in the final? Or am I tripping? No, they beat Tecos like 6-2. Oh, that Tecos. No, I swear they played a final against San Luis, no? No. Not for the league. Huh. Maybe a semifinal or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Switch it up. Fucking make it entertaining. Fuck PKs. Let's do like the MLS shootout. That would be fucking entertaining, bro. I would love to see that. How about how about how about this this novel idea? You can't find a winner in 120 minutes. Everybody goes home. You play again tomorrow. <laughs> kind of like the uh, FA Cup. Yeah, you have a replay. Yeah, we we get two matches out of it. That would be a nightmare. Nah, it needs to be settled in one day. It's because, like, I don't know, like, PK shootouts, it's just like a flip of a coin at that point. And I don't know. It kind of takes away from, like, everything that happened in the match. But uh, I guess for now, this is going to be the format. It is what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think we, you know, soccer is the world's most popular sport for a reason. I don't think we should be reinventing the wheel either. How do you guys feel about the about the? Now you guys are mentioning the penalty kick, the penalty kicks, because I was watching uh, the other day the a Champions League final rematch. It was Bayern against Valencia, and I swear, almost all of the penalty kicks taken, the goalie was off the line. The the ones they blocked. I mean, do you think that takes away from it? I actually enjoyed before where they would be able to move around more. Uh, I know for sure a big culprit of that was the comeback from Liverpool when they beat uh, Milan and they went to PKs. Almost every PK, uh, the goalkeeper was off the line. <laughs> I mean, I I think they should give the goalkeepers a little more freedom, but 
it was know, a, it was always a rule, right? It just wasn't enforced back then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, back back in the day, actually, they're giving goalkeepers a little more freedom now that there's VAR, because back in the day, both feet had to be on the line. Now it's like one. Now you just have to keep one. Yeah. So they, you know, they're they're giving, they're taking. Like you can have a foot, but we're gonna really enforce it this time. Uh, I've mentioned this before in a couple episodes back. I would like to see the ability to sub somebody back in once they've been subbed out. That would be very interesting. Yeah, imagine uh, Giroud coming back on the pitch today. I would love that. I would love to see that kind of – because that would fuck up your tactics, dude. Straight up. He he got subbed out in, in the first half. Imagine coming on. Especially if you want to prolong the careers of some of these icons, you know? You have Messi maybe start the first 20, 30 minutes of the match, then you take him out at halftime, then you let him finish the next, you know, the last 20 minutes. You know, it's like you use him sparingly. I think there had to be, there were, there would have to be a limit, but I can see that. Like, you can only do it with one player. I think that would be, like, fair. Yeah. Or, you know, have like your designated players that can come in and out, like a handful, a handful, and you can only maybe do it once. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But it has to, like, within the five substitutions you already get, I think five is already enough. I think five is enough. I'm not, I'm not complaining that go back to three, but I think five is a good number. I was like watching this final, like, God damn, how many subs has there been? There's been, there's so many substitutions on both sides. I was like, did they up it to five? I thought it was like four. No, no. So ever since COVID, it's been uh, five substitutions and three windows. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, I feel think, about that. And I think today France got an extra one because if you take one off for like a head protocol, Oh, okay. You you get an you have to sub them out, and then you just like yeah, like a freebie. Yeah, interesting. Very very interesting. Well, folks, we're almost at the two hour mark. I I appreciate you guys hopping on. This was not like scheduled. We kind of just wanted to do it um, while it's still the heat of the moment. Argentina champions of the World Cup for the third time, and we're gonna we're gonna hear about that nonstop for the next four years. I'm not looking forward to that. Um. I wonder what you guys' like last final thoughts on on this World Cup, your favorite moment and your your worst moment of the World Cup. Well, I guess, you know, before anyone takes it up, my favorite moment would be Luis Chavez's goal. Um it was it was first of all, it was super spectacular, but it gave that hope that, you know, it was possible. It put us within a goal. Either we had to score a goal or Argentina had to score a goal. And I didn't think Mexico would have that kind of hope coming into the game. So Luis Chavez giving us that hope was really special. I also enjoyed the Chavez goal, but I would have to go 1A and 1B would be Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> that game. And to and the world, like I said before, I enjoyed the football. I just didn't enjoy the timing of it. 
and all the extra bullshit that bullshit. went around with this World Cup. Ron, what you got for us? Uh, nothing. I'm just reading articles. <laughs> just, uh, I don't know. It's just a little sad in, in the sense that Mexico could have eliminated Argentina. Uh, and they would have put a little bit, 5% effort. At least 5% eff, you know, percent more effort. You know? I, because a lot of, cause you, you, you see how many teams that normally make the knockout rounds did not make it. I think it would have been easier. I mean, it's still hard, but relatively speaking, I think it would have been an easier path to get, you know, to, to, to get those demons off, you know, get that, you know, past that damn, you know, fourth game. That's what really, that's what really, that's what I think about is if Mexico would, if Mexico would have put a little bit more effort. Yeah. We talked, know? we talked about it earlier about how, this is all in Mexico's hands. This entire like the small the, the, the small dynamo uh domino and then the large di- uh, di- uh domino where Argentina ends up being champion. It all it all comes from Mexico. It, it, well, I mean, if you really think about it, that was in, in in terms of in terms of tactical in terms of tactics, that was probably Argentina's toughest game. And, and 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 all it took, and all it took was just you know five seconds of 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 Herrera, you know, to to basically just wander off, you know, two three yards out. Not even five boom. seconds. That was like yeah, but 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 even then, that's not on Herrera, man. Because to me, to me, if we would have had at least five percent more effort in trying to score. I I think that I think they would have been a completely different ball game. And, and to and, and to like Argentina's credit, you know, I, I think at all times they were trying to play not for the and I know it sounds weird, but they were trying to play for the win, not the result, you know, and that and that changes the mentality and how you set up. And 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 what I think that's what I think Tata was doing was trying to play for the result as opposed to playing for the win. And, Des, and in the end, Argentina, in the end, we still lost. And that's the part that pisses me off the most. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know it is what it is, and uh, basically you got three and a half years to uh, to set the course. And uh, all I'm all I'm hopeful is that you know between now and and then you know both the federation and the league you know get their act together in terms of you know what we spoke about the past couple of weeks. You know, getting back into the South American uh, tournaments. You know, reducing the number of, uh, of foreigners in the league, um, and and just giving them more opportunities to the to to you know you know you, not both players and coaches, you know, because you know there's there was a TikTok or not a TikTok there was a, a video that I saw, you know, of couple, I, I'll, I'll try to find it I'll try to retweet it, but it goes back from like 2017. And, and like it has, you know, interviews of like, you know, you know, Mexican pundits. Oh, hey, we're, hey, we're out of the Copa, you know, Libertadores. Hey, we're out of, you know, the Copa America. We're out of this. We're out of. Uh, oh, there's not going to be any more reg- uh, promotion relegation. And the video culminates with Mexico eliminated in the in the group stage. Something that hasn't happened from, from '78. You know, that that that's what really pisses me off. Because you saw it coming, you know. Yeah. You saw it. You saw it coming. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, a, a couple of highlights from the World Cup that I thoroughly enjoyed. Group E, man. Group E, the last match of the of the group. We're at one point. Every single country in that group was in the next round. You had Japan. You had Spain. You had Germany. You had Costa Rica, who couldn't just hold on to the lead. For me, that was like a very, very entertaining part of the World Cup. I was like, holy shit! Every two two minutes, it was a it, the thing the, because they kept putting the the table on the on the on the broadcast, and they were showing how how it was flipping. I found that very entertaining. Um, I found the the goal that Netherlands scored against Argentina to tie the game and take it to penalty or was it penalties where they or overtime I don't know what it was but it was like the free kick in the pass I thought that was like a crazy moment in the World Cup um, France England uh, Harry Kane missing the second PK I mean that's like a a, a shocking moment in the World Cup I, I I found all those moments just like the peak and then also like even today France down you know, two goals, the penalty kick, and then Mbappe's second goal, that, to me, that might be, like, my favorite goal of the tournament, just, like, the finishing, the the volley, just, like, the execution, it reminds me of Alan Pulido's goal uh, for Chivas in the final against Tigres, it's just very similar, um, I, I really enjoyed that, obviously, the Luis Chavez goal, that was just, like, a shot of adrenaline, we thought that game was dead in the water, and, and he did give us that hope, but obviously, like the saddest part of the World Cup was was Mexico's performance, um, especially seeing how it, how it ended up playing out after the fact, how like Poland didn't do absolutely a goddamn thing, and and Mexico had the opportunity to at least put up a fight. Uh, the way we bent over for Argentina and Poland, I just I don't respect Tata for that. And I think that's the the shame of the World Cup. Um, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, I think uh, the only silver lining of this World Cup being in December is that we're that much closer to another World Cup, three and a half years instead of, like, you know, four years. So we're not that far away from that. And hopefully um, we see some restructuring with, with Mexico. Hopefully we see that they actually do care about performing better and, and giving the opportunity to youth players. We shall see. Um, but, yeah, we have Copa por Mexico happening right now. So we'll make sure to broadcast again on our regularly scheduled podcast, maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday night this week at 9 p.m., be there or be square. Uh, it's been a, a fantastic World Cup, and, and you guys make it the best part by hopping on Twitter Spaces. So we appreciate you guys so much. And, of course, we will catch you guys in the next one.